If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, we are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff, from snowy and somewhat cold central Indiana this morning. Hope you are being safe if you're out driving in this stuff this morning. I do not envy you as we are broadcasting live from the Home Studios, good to be here. Thank you for joining us. As always, by the way, email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Questions, comments, thoughts, opinions, that sort of thing. Do my best to respond as quickly and as thoroughly as possible. Also, um, let's see, what else is there? Well, that's good for now. How about that? How about that? But it's good to be here. So they have the votes. They have the votes now to impeach President Trump. I know that some folks are shocked by this. I know that some folks have held on to hope that the moderate Democrats would come around and not vote for impeaching President Donald J. Trump. I know that that's been the hope of some people. I know that folks were counting votes. I know that folks were... Looking at some of these instances where some of these moderates would maybe have their minds changed, but that is not what this has ever one time been about. This has been about a strategy from the Democrats. This has been about a strategy for stopping and impeding and just harassing the the ability of the president of the United States to do his job. And there's lots of reasons for that. Um, But the most, to me, the most, or maybe the best, the most thorough answer for this is that they simply do not know what else to do to stop this president. Because normally, under normal circumstances, where there's a normal uh, regular sort of, you know, the 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 mo of the person in, in office usually is to capitulate when things get a little bumpy and rough. It isn't to double down, triple down, quadruple down, put his head down and keep going. It isn't to criticize the media with this type of ferocity. It isn't to go after political opponents the way that he does. And so this really, folks, 
is their only solution. And in case I need to say this, what has happened? What's been happening legislatively? What has our narrative been filled with, especially for the past several months? You could say that it's the narrative has been controlled by this impeachment talk. This Trump is a danger. Trump is Hitler. Trump is a fascist. Trump is a dictator talk from the beginning. But it's reached it's reached its, I think, overall highest level. It's all we're talking about now. We're not talking about anything that's better for the American people, anything that's better for liberty, anything that's better for the economy. We're not talking about any of that. All we're talking about is whether or not Trump, whether or not Trump is a dictator, a Nazi, what have you, what have you, worthy of impeachment. And so there's been this false storyline all along, right? There's been this false storyline all along, which is that these Democrats, these 31 Democrats from districts that Trump won in 2016 are wringing their hands, trying to figure out the right thing to do. Now, I will grant you that they're trying to figure out the quote-unquote right thing to do, but not in the terms, not in the way that the average person thinks about it. The right thing to do for them is what is politically beneficial. And so when we talked about yesterday, uh, this congressman from New Jersey who is uh, allegedly, from, from reports, planning to go from a Democrat to a Republican. That is what he's planning to do, become a Republican. I said yesterday that the Democrats sought to remove one Republican president. Instead, all they have to show at this particular time is the removal of one Democrat. Now, while he wasn't physically removed, he changed his name and identity, if you believe the reports here, which I should be substantiated this week. But he's now going to be Republican. All they have done so far is force one of their Democrats out of the House of Representatives. Now, it's it's in name only at this point, a little bit metaphorically, but in another way, completely real, because he's no longer going to be caucusing with the Democrats. Another way of looking at this is that the majority, the majority of their party the majority of their control in the House has decreased by one vote over impeachment, or at least over this entire uh, battle that's been waging in Congress. And so that's what they have to to show for this. So they've not been they've not been wringing their hands behind the scenes and and trying to determine what is the right thing to do with President Trump. They're trying these moderate Democrats to find some sort of political safe space some sort of political safe space whereby they can avoid the consequences of what their vote is going to mean. And they are put in a a tough situation, no doubt about it. But I am telling you, if you think think this through, if you really think this through, the only – they either have to decide to double down, triple down, whatever, and follow the lead of Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. And by the way, do not buy the nonsense that Nancy Pelosi's not trying to persuade. She's just wanting these folks to vote their conscience. No way. That is absolutely, unequivocally, without a single 
moment of hesitation, no doubt whatsoever in my mind. Do I believe that that is a false, made-up, fairy tale of a statement? No stinking way. No way. That is not the case. What is the case is that when Nancy Pelosi, and I've said this on here probably dozens of times, when she decided to make this, what do I want to say, to, to make this an issue, to say the House would officially vote on impeachment, what she's what she knew at that particular point in time was they had the votes. She had the votes. She had the votes. She knew there was going to be pressure, and she started working on other things that would help alleviate some of that pressure. That's where suddenly, poof, like magic, you saw the USMCA, right? The United States, Mexico, Canada, NAFTA 2.0. Although the Wall Street Journal is telling us. That NAFTA 2.0 is worse than NAFTA 1.0. So we can – I probably don't have time to talk about that today, but that's at least worth noting at this point. I'm still trying to get – I don't know that I have an opinion. I know I don't have an opinion on that yet. I need to spend some more time looking and and, and thinking about that. But nonetheless, that was something that she provided to her moderate friends and – so, so these folks are left with the decision. Really, the decision is what the guy in New Jersey made. Are you, you either you either become a Republican, or, or you hang in there with Nancy Pelosi? That's the decision. I'm telling you, that is the decision because, because what happens is, if they do not, if they do not vote in accordance with Nancy Pelosi's wishes. Even though she doesn't have any stated wishes, she's instead up there faking that she's crying and just oh, so distraught over what's happening to her country because of President Donald Trump up there feigning outrage. It's a sad day. I'm sure I'm sure tomorrow when they vote on this will be a sad day. When the Senate takes it up, it'll be a sad day. As though they have no role in this, as though she has no role in this. Anyway, that's what's going on here. This is – there is some wringing of the hands going on, but it's not for reasons that the average person is led to believe. It's not because they just can't figure out what the right thing to do is. They're trying to figure out how to politically salvage this. They're trying to figure out how to politically survive this. And they go home, and they hear it from their raucous crowds, their town halls or whatever they're having. Folks are not happy. So I will get a soundbite to play from one of these. You may have heard some of it. You can hear the responses offered by the congresswoman from, from Michigan. But all the, – the majority, the vast majority, there's been a couple of defections. I don't know if I have a final count yet, but I do know that there's enough that have said they are voting to impeach to eclipse the magical – the magical number in the House, which means he will be impeached when that is taken up tomorrow. Of course, there will probably be some some drama. Republicans will probably try to make their points, illustrate the insanity of this once again, which they have, the likes of Jim Jordan and others, uh, Louis, Louis Gohmert. Uh, I mean, there, there's, there's going to be several illustrating some of the insanity, the craziness, uh, just the failures of, of this this process. 
And it's interesting to me. They keep going back to, well, this is the, you know, this is the, 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 the Congress's prerogative, right? This Congress can do this. Well, of course they can do this. Of course, there's something written in the Constitution that says that they can do this. I don't think anybody's suggesting you can't impeach the president of the United States. The question is whether they should. The question is whether it's justifiable. The question is whether it's reasonable. That's the question. But that's not the question, folks. As much as you know, we should still try to make sure that people understand these things, the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, this is now, you're looking at the, what, the the fourth impeached president in American history, and this is going to go to the Senate. And so now, and we've already seen a little bit of uh, saber rattling, I guess, in the Senate, saber rattling, you know, jostling for position, the narrative, the Dems came out and Schumer's over there talking about how this should go, and he doesn't want certain witnesses called and that sort of thing. McConnell's over there lining up witnesses. This could get really interesting in the Senate, but I'm telling you, we better we better brace ourselves because there's about to be a campaign of intense pressure on some of these Republican senators, especially if they're up for re-election in the now infamous purple states. Now, we've, we've got a lot more Republicans up for re-election in 2020 than we do Democrats. So the Democrats really, and if you look at the states the Democrats are running in, there's only a couple that Republicans have a realistic chance of winning. But that being said, this is, uh, this is, we, we best be prepared for what's about to come. We best be prepared for the pressure, the rumors of senators who may actually vote to remove President Trump from office. I don't know if you saw Carly Fiorina, former Republican candidate for president back in 2016. She came out, I don't know, sometime recently. I don't know if it was yesterday or Sunday. I read this yesterday. I didn't see this yesterday um, until later after the show. But she is saying that she thinks that the president should be impeached. But yeah, she comes comes short of saying he should be removed from office. So I'm just saying we best be prepared for this. And I'm not talking just about Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski. I'm talking about those who are worried about their political futures, worrying about re-election, worrying about whether or not Democrats can create enough opposition to them because they didn't vote to remove Trump from office and uh, in the upcoming elections. Fox is reporting a 50 – I got to take a break here. But Fox is reporting a, a poll – results of their poll that shows that 54% of Americans want to see Trump removed from office, 54%. So while the – I mean, look, the, 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 the likelihood that he's going to be removed from office is still very slim. I think that we, we shouldn't just blow this off <laughs> as a foregone conclusion because we haven't seen this play out yet. We haven't seen the pressure ratcheted up. This is just beginning in the Senate, and I'm just wrapping up this first segment. I've got to take a time out. You are listening to the Home of Conservative, Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. 
joining us, if you're just joining us, the Democrats are reported to have enough votes to impeach President Donald J. Trump. And maybe it's maybe it's important since this has not happened much. This is the fourth, a fourth time in the history of this great nation that a president, a sitting president of the United States has why well, I say that I guess is the third time because Nixon Nixon resigned before they were able to impeach him, which is what some were hoping for here. They thought, well, you know, if we crank the pressure up on Donald Trump enough, he's going to resign, quit, run for the hills because he's a he's a coward and this kind of stuff. This, by the way, has been said for a long time about President Trump. Remember, he was supposed to have the shortest, the second shortest tenure as, as a U.S. president ever. Remember this? Just a couple couple of hundred days that was predicted by a professor. Remember talking about that back in the day? They thought he would resign, be impeached. By the way, be impeached. Be impeached back then as well. Even before, even before we saw the Ukraine call and whatever else that they're feigning outrage about Trump is what are they they're they're actually out there saying now that Trump is let me make sure I get this right. Let me make sure I get this right. I saw this on Drudge. I think this is actually in the report. Uh that President Trump betrayed the nation. Betrayed the nation. They have a six they have a longer impeachment report than the um well than the initial House Judiciary report was gotta love government by the way but it's interesting i mean if you look at it and i don't want to overly simplify this because this is not entirely accurate but there is truth here effectively if someone doesn't like president trump if someone doesn't give him a favorable uh, his his presidency a favorable rating then they have effectively they're they're in favor of impeaching him which, if that is accurate, and if that's largely true, that is problematic, isn't it? To think that the people, to think that being upset with your presidency and not liking, not giving approval, not liking what you're doing, is that enough in today's world to actually impeach the president? It's basically, I mean, to a point, to a point, I think some would say, yes, it is. And then, and then what they do is, it's just an amazing thing. Well, and I listened to one of these Congress, um, Congresswomen articulating this nonsense from the podium and planning to, to, to play a little bit of that soundbite, probably, as I'm looking at the clock here, probably next segment do my best anyway but she's up there basically well she was saying that uh you know at first she was against impeachment because you know this we don't want to we don't want to get involved in especially in an election year if folks are unhappy with president trump they can just vote him out but then she realized i you know this whole ukraine thing is about the next election so the president's trying to interfere with our next election so we can't even trust the results is basically what she's saying. We got to get this guy out of there because even if he wins, he probably really didn't win. We've already think about this. We've already crossed the point of in, in the process. We've already crossed the line that says 2020's election results can't be trusted. 
And when President Trump uttered these words in 2016, all proverbial hell had broken loose. Folks were just beside themselves that a candidate for president, one of the two um, folks that were going to be the candidate or the excuse me the, the president would actually say these words would actually call into question the integrity the integrity of our elections and they were dismayed and they were just completely aghast and vexed and confused as to why not I about said president trump but at the time it was candidate donald j trump why he would actually why he would actually be saying such things to throw our election system into turmoil, to call into question the very integrity of the election process itself. Since that point in time, I should point out, the Democrats have been engaged in both a campaign to call into question the integrity of our, of our election and to interfere with Americans' ability to make an objective decision as to who their next president should be or, candidly, Candidly, if they should continue to accept the current president as a legitimate president to the point now where at least – I mean we're, we're at a breaking point, folks. I mean they're – whether you believe the number 54 percent or not, I know that there's a good chance if you're from – you know, uh, d- depending upon where you work and live and who your friends are, you might think, I don't know – I don't know people who think this way. I don't know people that want to impeach the president. But I'm telling you, there are other people. There are other people out there in places around this country in the circles that they run would tell you they don't know anybody that doesn't want to see President Trump removed from office today. They're perplexed that this is still that this still hasn't taken place. America in that respect is very ideologically segregated, right? Very, very much so. But the question is to me, do we really want, do we really want the people who who say that the president should be impeached? Are they, isn't there something fundamentally flawed that is just the people that are unhappy with him as president? Doesn't that at least send off some sort of an alarm bell to say, well, 53% don't approve of his job performance. 54% want him removed for things that, again, they really can't explain and articulate. I mean, they can't when you get down to it. And by the way, most of the allegations about Trump and what he asked Ukraine to do, that whole conversation, that whole process was about something that happened in the past, right? And he even referenced the CrowdStrike, which was a server that potentially some people believe, I'm not saying it does or doesn't, but some people believe exists and that may be in Ukraine, right? So this is about 2016, but they say it's about 2020 because it's going to uh, cast, I don't know, doubt on the Democrats' potential nominee, Joe Biden, who, by the way, doesn't want President Obama's endorsement, that's something I hadn't realized he said until I heard it last night, night, that soundbite. He specifically asked, told Obama, he didn't want it. He wants to earn earn this presidency on his own. Put that up there in the list of things that's insane, like his 
fight with Corn Pop back in 1962 with a six-foot piece of chain and Corn Pop out there, you know, chinking up his razor blades, soaking them in, in water to get them rusty so he can give Biden tetanus. <laughs> I mean, it's remarkable if you think about it, where we've come in this uh, election cycle. Anyhow, so I'm going to take a break. I see Oz over here acknowledging to me that uh, it's time we're a couple minutes long in this segment. So I need to oblige here when we get back. I want to play some sound bites, sound bites of one of the moderate uh, members of Congress who has so-called moderates, right? The folks that some thought would actually potentially vote to not impeach Trump. Now she's out there announcing that she would vote to impeach, and she's explaining the reasons why. I think it's worth listening to and hearing and seeing the anger in that in that auditorium as she made these announcements. And really, there's not a silent part of this. I mean, the whole time people are yelling stuff at her. So anyway, we'll unpack that, share that. When we return, you're listening to the Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. So, 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 I need to get right to these, um, get right to this sound bites, series of sound bites from Representative, <clears throat> uh, Representative Slotkin from Michigan, All right? She's one of these folks who is, um, voting for impeachment. Right. This is one of the individuals that folks thought she might change her vote. She might realize that this is not politically advantageous. She might see that her constituents don't want this. She might be one of the 31 Democrats in Trump districts who need to be able to get out of this impeachment vote. Not the case. Only a couple so far that we know of that are going to fall into this particular category. And so I want to play. I want to play this. I want to play a bit of her town hall. Now, you'll hear some back and forth. She's asking for a person in the audience who has problems with her vote to impeach Trump to articulate the questions and there's a little bit of back and forth. You'll hear background noise. You'll <laughs> you'll hear people in the background uh, yelling out questions, accusations, just a lot of a lot of chatter from, as they say, the peanut gallery. So, anyway, I just want you to hear this. I want you to hear the rationale, at least what she's telling her constituents. I want you to hear this because this is this is what uh, this is what some people. That you work with, maybe think this is maybe what your neighbors think. Maybe as we approach the Christmas holiday, if you see one of your cousins or uncles or nieces or nephews or whatever, this might be what they think as well. So, with no further ado, I want to play this again. This is Representative Slotkin from Michigan uh, addressing a crowd. She's in a district that voted for Trump, but also elected her in two thousand and uh, two thousand eighteen. Here you go. Why is it wrong? for the president to want to investigate corruption before handing out our taxpayer dollars. Sure. So, hey folks, these are the questions you're shouting at me, so you may want to just listen for one sec to the Take answer. A breath. 
So the question was the question was on why is it wrong for the president to to be reaching out to Ukraine and trying to um, uh, say to, it again? Let's see. Why would the president? Why is it wrong for the president to want to investigate corruption before handing out our taxpayer dollars? Yeah. So why don't you ask a few of the questions, the few sure, of the top yeah, ones, okay. just get them out so, for um, everyone to hear. How can you overturn the will of 63 million voters in 2016? And why don't you trust voters to make a decision for themselves in less than a year? Yeah. So the question on uh, overturning the election and why are we moving ahead with impeachment when, we're, when the election is in 2020? So for me... Honestly, this is why I was not supportive of impeachment for many, many months, because I thought the election in 2020 should take care of it. Okay, pause, because this is important. She's acknowledging that, that that question. Now, the lady asked three. She's going to the third question. She's ignored the first two. She said, ask me all your questions, and then she jumps to the third one. Which, again, I mean, look, she's, she's, she's in the spotlight here. She's under pressure. She knows she's in a lose-lose situation. She doesn't really know what to do. I mean, that, that's how that's how I see this at the at the moment here. Um, I'm, again, I'm not justifying. I'm not giving her excuses because I'm telling you the decisions behind the scenes have nothing to do with what she's about to tell us. But she does tell us that she used to think this. She used to think this. She used to think that hey, I, this is we don't want to go back and undo an election. We should just have the next one and see if folks are on the side of keeping him in the office or getting him out. But she adds this. But then the facts came out that the president was reaching out and seeking to influence that very election that I was counting on to have a democratic process in. And that, to me, was different. Whereas the Mueller report and the information that came out in the spring was retrospective and looking back on 2016, the information that came out that the president and the president's lawyer talked about openly was about a future election, right? It was about 2020. So my ability to have confidence that that election was going to be the vehicle by which we could meter this out went down. And that was fundamentally different for me. Okay, pause again. And I'm going to take a break here. But this is not this is not an accurate portrayal. President Trump, look, the only reason that now it's accepted that President Trump sought influence from Ukraine, this this idea, the only reason that this is an accepted idea amongst many folks today, that President Trump sought Ukraine's help in 2020, is because that's how it's been spun. Because President Trump never asked Zelensky to help him with 2020's election. What he did was ask him, he questioned uh, what Biden had done, and it asked him to look into that. Now, people are free to say, well, that is free to infer that that's to keep him from, I guess, becoming president in 2020. But you could also make the case, as Trump has, as others have, have made, that this was about eradicating corruption. Now, she goes on to address this uh, even a little bit further. I just don't have time to play this here because it's time to take a break. So I'll play that. I'll play that after the break. But this idea, the, it is etched into the psyche, the subconscious of American minds now, that President Trump called up Zelensky and said, hey, Remember 2016 when Vladimir Putin helped me win? I need your help in 2020. 
So here's what we're going to do. Get your Facebook ad campaign ready. Your folks that can, you know, hypnotize American voters with a Facebook ad, with a Pokemon Go ad, whatever. And on top of that, I need your help digging up uh, dirt on Biden. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put together a plan from there. So that that is, of course, what they want you to believe. But the truth is, the truth is all we can really say as a matter of fact is that Trump wanted to look into corruption allegations because, candidly, while they tell us these have been looked into, they haven't told us one thing about them. You ever notice that? Well, these things have been looked at ex- extensively, and they want to tell you all the people that have looked into them. But they can't give you one reason why a person should be exonerated or is not guilty or there's no problem. They just tell you it's been looked into. Trust them. Just don't ask questions. Just trust us. And they begin the – one of the things they always do, which is give you a long list of things. Sometimes they're unrelated, a long list of names. Well, Pete looked at it and Steve and Donna and Becky. You not believe any of those people? No, I'm just asking what did they find. Well, they've exonerated him. What did they find? No problems. Okay, what – here's the allegation. What specifically refutes it? They all looked into it. This is what happens. Anyway, got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. By the way, you should be advised that listening can, in fact, cause you to lean to the right. Back here in just a minute. So, been sharing some sound bites from Representative Slotkin's uh, town hall as she's basically defending her decision to vote with Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, and that's and that's the image that should be etched in the minds of voters. These so-called moderates are voting effectively lockstep with Nancy Pelosi. They want you to believe anything other than than that. They want you to believe that they've got their they got their own minds that they're making up. They've got their own rationale and reasoning. But at the end of the day, with the exception of a couple who have, I think, consequences to pay for not following um, following her on this. I don't think they wanted a single defection. I don't think that they wanted one single person to vote against impeaching Trump. I think they wanted to show unity. By the way, by the way, it doesn't appear that there will be any Republicans at this point. I mean, I don't you just never know. So this whole concept of this being bipartisan. Have you noticed that that's not come up lately? Have you noticed have you noticed the Republicans are the problem here? The the problem when you listen to the media and the way this is portrayed is that Democrats are trying to do the right things and Republicans are circling circling the proverbial wagons around President Donald Trump. Of course, you ask the average person, they probably can't articulate hardly any of this. They just know that this is presented as something that's unprecedented, never happened before in our history, so on and so forth. I want to play, play a little bit more of this, if the soundbite, uh, this uh, technology cooperates here, as she continues to address the crowd at her raucous town hall meeting as she explained why she was voting to impeach President Trump again. A, a Representative Slotkin from, from Michigan, whose seat is now certainly in jeopardy in the state of Michigan. She continues. 
in terms of why are we trying to contravene uh, the will of 63 million people, I don't dispute that the president won the election. I don't know if other people dispute it. I do not dispute that the What do you mean she doesn't know if other people dispute it? <laughs> That's insane. Of course other people dispute this. That's Of course she knows this too. She's saying she doesn't. She doesn't know if other people say it. She doesn't fall into that crowd supposedly. She doesn't think this has nothing anything to do with 2016. Instead, this has to do with the integrity of 2020, which again, I guess she's calling into question uh, undermining U.S. elections. I guess that's the only way you can interpret this, at least if you follow the consistent way that the media portrays these things. She continues. President won the election in 2016, and I do not dispute that 2020 will be an important morning in the in the in sort of our democratic process, and that we will have that opportunity. But the role of impeachment was put into the Constitution by our founding fathers. I didn't invent it. No one invented it. Our founding fathers put it there. And they put it there so that no one would be above the law. That we didn't have kings in our country. And Congress implementing those authorities is something that they have every right to do. Now, Okay, blah, blah, blah. Of course, is anyone, do you know of one person who says that Congress does not have the authority in general to impeach the president? That's a silly, nonsensical argument. No one is saying that. This is a bit of a straw man argument. She's presenting the the objections of the other side as something that they're not really, that's not really the objection. The, The question is whether you should be. The question isn't whether you can do this. The question is whether you should, whether you have the rationale, whether you have the reasoning, the justification for doing this. Of course, we know it says it in the Constitution, Representative Slotkin. That's not a that's not a genuine answer. I mean, what else is she supposed to say, though, folks? Hey, look, we hate this president. We got to get rid of him. Anyway, I got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So here we go. Wrapping up here, this final final segment. I guess there's, uh, you know, just to, to kind of summarize. Depending upon when you joined the program, we might, uh, you might not have heard some some key components. But the Democrats now have the votes, according to reports, according to what individual members of Congress have told us that they are going to do regarding the impeachment vote. There's a couple. It looks like a couple of defections from the Democrats, but by and large. This vote will be strictly along party lines. And so what that basically means is that now this goes to the real the real deal, the real trial. And as I mentioned earlier, the pressure, the campaign to pressure senators to vote to impeach or excuse me, to remove President Trump from office will begin to get ratcheted up here. And there'll be some jockeying for positioning regarding Witnesses called the process. All that stuff is about to happen and take place, and that's important to the outcome of this particular process. But I've got to go. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Take care.